Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola, primo, primas. We are back. I'm your primo, Luis Velasquez. That is your primo, Christopher Costello. What is going on, primo? What's up, primo? How's it going, bro? It's cold out Good here, to be man. Back. It's cold out here. It is cold out there. I I don't know how you survive that that Idaho weather. <laughs> I I had no idea about Idaho weather until you started living there and like the brutal conditions that you. I didn't realize how cold it is for so long in that part of the country. And so, I, as much as I want to complain about it being cold and like New York City blizzards, I will keep my mouth shut while you live in that that frozen tundra out there. Yeah, it's, it's a different kind of cold just because it's like it's so open out here. Right, we don't have like New York, you know, over there. You got buildings, you got all this stuff. It is so open out here, and the mountains aren't too far away. Like literally, we got like uh, avalanche warnings that go through the screen at times. Damn. Yeah, we had a we had an avalanche warning. Like I mean, it's just not that we're close enough for the avalanche, but like we're like people who watch our our news. That yeah. you know, we're close enough to them that we had the same news network or whatever. Alright, now that we'll get hit, but yeah, we get avalanche warnings all the time out here. Wait, so are there homes that are close enough to get hit by avalanches? Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. like in the, oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. There's another world. Yeah. Crazy white people out here. No doubt. Yeah, it, yeah, that's a very different lifestyle. I yeah, I have but, no I don't know anybody who does know but about bro like I, i'm not gonna lie to you though like it i've been out here what six years i get like i'm used to this like i'm i don't mind it i don't mind like i said today today was about a high of 22 but it feels like you know anywhere between 14 to 17 with the wind it's like it's cool like I, i'll go out there and just like uh, uh barely a sweater and like this morning i had to get up early go you know shovel snow and turn and, and uh scrape snow off the off the van and stuff and that's whatever i don't i don't mind i'm I'm already like between bro i lived in nebraska for what almost five years and lived in here lived in idaho for six years like it's it's all right it's like, shoveling snow in a t-shirt is the least puerto rican thing i've ever heard you say <laughs> That is the most wildest statement I've ever heard. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. When I was in Nebraska, my first year in Nebraska, right? That's when I was like, what the hell am I doing? The first winter in Nebraska, it was like the worst winter ever. And it just so happened. Like, it happened here in Idaho, too. But in, in Nebraska, bro, it was negative 22. I see you now. Yeah, negative 22 and... Like they had a warning. Talk about you know avalanche warning. They had warnings, bro. Uh, that was go across the screen that says, "Do not be outside for more than ten minutes." Like that's the warning outside. Like do not be outside more than ten minutes. And I was like, "Am I gonna freeze?" Like I was, I was just freeze. like, "If I what if I'm outside for more than ten minutes? Do I just freeze?" And like, am I, <laughs> am I a statue? <laughs> like what's going on? I'm not sure. But they were like, "Yeah, do not be outside for more than ten minutes. It is negative twenty two outside." Yeah, negative 22 does not sound like anything good. 
I feel like negative 22 should be the <laughs> title of the Titans game this past oh, week against the bro. Titans. I, I can't believe that we got into that type of battle. I, I know last week we, we were talking a lot of trash about John Robinson, and I feel like this is almost like John Robinson's curse on us that the following think, week after firing him, we would lose to the Jacksonville Yo, I, somebody, I heard somebody say uh, – you know how the, the Yankees have the uh, Bambino curse or had the Bambino curse? We have the A.J. Yeah. Brown curse. That is what's going yeah. on. We yeah. traded away A.J. Brown, and now we're going to be cursed, bro. Yo, that game was so... Ugh. And, it was pretty bad. And we got to be... It was worse than... Yeah. Yo, it was to, far worse than the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. If we win that game, bro, if we win that game, we already we clinch the playoff game. Yeah. I want to say this, that when I was talking about that game in Philly, the, the people that I was sitting next to is a, a, a young teenage boy and his mom. When they were leaving, right, She, was, I was like, take care. She was like, tighten up, tighten up. She was like, it's all right. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get past it. She was like, next week. And I guess because I think that family was like from like South Carolina. So I guess they traveled to Tennessee to the home games, right? So the, the kid was telling me that this was his first away game. So I was like, oh, these they go to games, right? The lady looks at me and was like, don't worry, next week. She was like, we're going to be there for Jacksonville. Kind of like, ha, ha, ha. And now I was like, damn, that poor young man is probably crying somewhere after that, <laughs> like back-to-back equal. And then Jacksonville, like, because, I, I mean, I'm a grown man, and I almost wanted to cry watching Derrick Henry make that fumble and landing. When it landed in the guy's lap, I was like, oh, it's a wrap. Like, we, yeah, this, we're not man. If it, it, it felt exactly like the playoff game, right? Like all the turnovers, <laughs> like the first play of the game in the playoff game, we throw an interception. I was like, oh, this is this is cursed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, the it, omens are there. like all the signs are there for you to doubt that anything good will happen going forward. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get too far into in Titan talk again. Like I mean, we spent a lot of time last week talking about it, but I would say this: like it yes, is time. You spent a lot of time talking. Yeah, about I did. It. I Shit, did. John Robinson. But now <laughs> I that to listen. Oh, now, now that John Robinson is gone, like Vrabel, he can't hide no more, right? And I think he's there's two faults I've always had with, with Vrabel is he's too much of a player coach. Right, because he, he, he tell me how that's a, tell me the ways in which, particularly for Vrabel, not like in just players, coaches in general, but for Vrabel, how that's been a bad thing. That he's a so to me, um, he's he's a player coach, and and like he knows how their body is, right? And so let me just say, um, not to compare my coaching to his coaching, right? But I will say this, like, uh, in 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 seventh grade football. You know, we would hit every 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 practice, right? We would yeah, hit. I'm it. sorry, you were like not to compare. <laughs> right, right. But, let, but, but just but, just hear yeah. me out. Let me get there. Seventh grade food. We would hit every practice. Like we would have tackling drills. We would have all this stuff. They would be ready. Yeah. And so when it comes to the game, they're ready. The eighth grade coaches were not doing that. Like they didn't have hard practice. They didn't want to hit. Yeah. They didn't. They would have thirty minutes less practice. Right. And they were always getting, they couldn't, they didn't finish the season in eighth grade because they had so many people hurt. And so when I say, when I say he's the player's coach, we, two years in a row already, we lead the league in injuries, right? Last year we had 91 players. I think this year 
were like 80, 81 different mm-hmm. players on the field. And he's he's a player's coach, so he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't push too hard at practice, right? There's not a lot of hitting. There's not a lot of bumping. And you can't do that already with the CBA and all this stuff. But yeah. I feel like he takes it easy on them. And so when it comes to, you know, getting on the field, like they just, their bodies, you, you got to build that up. You got to keep that, you yeah. know. And so there's that. And now, too, another thing, his loyalty, right? He's a very loyal dude, right? And so Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, um, shouldn't have come <laughs> back this year. He should have been gone at the okay. end, at the end of last season. He's already said this year that he's not going to make any coaching changes. Our offense is so like predictable, vanilla. If if Henry doesn't run, you know, first down, and it's if he doesn't get more than five yards on the first on first down, yeah. then we're not running the ball no more. Right? You know, we all gotcha. know we're going to pass, and it's just Todd Downing needs to go away and. and and he's already come out this week and said he's not gonna make, he's not gonna change them. He's he's in those those coaching rooms. Um, and if he bring back if he brings back Todd Downey next year, like it's another thing we should write about because this offense sucks. Yeah, and we need a new coordinator. We need a different look. Something. We need a new quarterback. I, but also, I'll say that you know. I don't know how much you can be creative when you when you have the receiving core that the Titans have, and and again I don't want to go too deeply into to Titans talk, but I think that one of the things that they really have to look at is that like they need to find a GM because you brought this up at one point right in the firing was that like you give Vrabel too much control and that's a really tricky thing to give a coach GM duties as well right because it's almost like you're too close to it. You don't have like another person to objectively kind of go back and forth with. Um, I'll also say, I would, this is what I was going to ask you was um, not so much. I didn't think you were going to bring up seventh grade football, but I was going to ask you in the time when you were coaching <laughs> semi-pro, because I think we've only talked about you coaching like middle school football, right. but like what a lot of folks probably don't know is that you used to coach a semi-pro team. And when you were coaching that team, was your approach or philosophy to be a player's coach? Yeah, I was, but I was also, um, I mean, I was I was more their age, right? Like, I was, they were like, why aren't you playing at that yeah. time, right? So we were, this was, what, almost 10 years ago. too close to be, yeah. like, a, like, an elder, right? Yeah, yeah, and so you had to be, like, get your respect in somehow, right? Um, yeah. You can't be, like, a jerk when you're, like, the same age right, as them, right? Right, right. Yeah. Like, we're the same like, you can't, age. Like, I think that's a big reason and and why, but it's also probably his philosophy. But I think it's a big reason why, like a Sean McVay is not a jerk, right? Right? Yeah, because he's like still really young. He's also a smaller guy, right? Like he, yeah. he can't be like a nearing guy. You think about uh, uh, was it Mike McDaniel's also out in in Miami, right? Like right. he's a players' coach and like kind of like a laid back guy. And, but and not only that, like I'm coaching guys that just got out of you know playing for Texas Tech. Just got out of playing Texas A&M, right? Just got out yeah. of. Uh, we had one dude out of out of Montana. We had, I mean, they just got done playing college ball, right? And so it just yeah. it had to be like a, a give and take of let me learn from you, yeah. you learn a little bit from me, and so yeah, couldn't be like a, building, yeah, yeah. And so going back to that though, like you remember 
like I got offered um, to coach at a Arena Football League. Yeah, yeah, Dallas, I remember you telling me. And that was it. Would, that would have been the same team. Like I, I got offered to be a wide receivers coach at the Arena Football League in Dallas, but that uh-huh. that time it it didn't pay much for me to move there. I was still going through yeah. divorce at the time and all this stuff, so I said no. And then that off season, that is, you remember when To went to the Arena League? Yeah, it yeah. was that freaking team. It was that same team. Coach. Yeah, I would have. I would have coached To exactly like I would have coached To. I would make To's. I would have loved to seen the fight that went down between you and To. That shit would have. I would have loved to watch To womp on you. <laughs> that would have been crazy, bro. Like what the hell? I would have been wide receiver coach for To. What the hell am I going to tell To? I, I can see you break, like a clipboard over his head and him not even flinching from it, and then like. You like, just like running and, and then he eventually yeah. got to see. Like, you came from the Cowboys, bro. You didn't do nothing, okay? Yeah. You ain't shit, T.O. <laughs> you ain't shit, T.O. <laughs> that would have been nuts. <laughs> anyway, moving on, moving on, bro. Uh, one thing that uh, has happened since last week is uh, Brittany Griner's home. She's actually in our, uh, in our hometown, San Antonio, right now. Hanging out, being debriefed, going through all that stuff that she's got to go through, physicals, getting her health back up. Um, and we, we, we've we talked about this in an earlier episode. Uh, the trade of all trades, uh, the merchant of death for Brittany Griner happened. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm really torn. Obviously, I, I want... Any American who is trapped in Russia, particularly for something as what we see here or many of us see here as minimal in having like marijuana possession and particularly possession when it's not for distribution, when you're not a drug dealer, you're just like kind of like a recreational or sometimes medical uh, user of marijuana. But I also, you know, I've said this before, like you can't be caught slipping like that. Right. And my concern is, is I think on the grander scale, not just like a Brittany Griner issue, but on like a global scale, we just handed over a global security threat back to the Russians in exchange for a WNBA basketball player. Right. So like on a political world, international stage, and because we talk sports and we're talking trades, this is the worst trade in the history of trades. Sorry. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't want Brittany Griner back. So I'm going to say that very quickly before I like, can like use these audio clips. But <laughs> it's also like, damn, like this was this is a bad look and it's a bad move. And at a time where globally the U.S. politically is playing chess like this was a really terrible move um, and, a, and a really bad position to be caught in. And so I, I was just talking about this yesterday and I, it's just like, it feels like we've fallen behind to a certain extent with the, the back and forth with Russia. And I think more so because I'm concerned about how still lengthy the Ukrainian war is, is happening. And now you just gave them a major asset for war. 
so that that's my concern with the Brittany Griner issue. I'm not even thinking about Brittany Griner as much in the thing, as much as I'm thinking about what this means in the long term of like politics. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've I've actually gone back and forth, and I think I I, I was originally on, on your your thought process, right? Like this horrible trade. I can't believe we did this. This is not. But like thinking about it some more is is more of a like what is what is the price of a life right like and and to Brittany Griner and her family it's the greatest trade in the world for Brittany Griner and and her family and friends it is the greatest trade in the world um and so as far as like this dude the merchant of death whatever is I mean he's been locked up for what 14 years 15 years already like how much is is that like how much of he's gonna come back and and do what exactly and get back into like they've they've already replaced that dude right like Russia's already replaced that dude there's there's another merchant of death out there uh dealing arms whatever and um i i would i would say like i i don't know exactly how like nego- these negotiations work right like i don't know um we're basing everything on spy movies yeah we're basing everything on spy movies and then you know being <laughs> a sports guy like we're we talk about trades you know that's exactly like the mindset that we're, we're using right is like why didn't we get a second and third round pick also or you know yeah. like so i'm not sure i'm not sure how these trades i'm pretty sure like the the dude i can't even think of his name right now that everybody's tripping out about that um the Murray, Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan. And he should have been. That's To me, that's a whole bunch of load of crap. Like, he wasn't yeah. up for debate, right? Like, he was. They, they, they were not letting him go, right? And he's, yeah. he, quote unquote, a spy. I'm not sure, you know, how truthful that is or not. Um, he is not a veteran. I just want to squash that right now. He's not a veteran. He served in the Marines, but he was dishonorably discharged. For larceny, uh, which means he's not a veteran. You can't be a veteran and be dishonorably discharged from the military. Um, he has five different uh, passports from five different five different countries. If he would, like, who, where would he, where would he go if he got released? You know, what country is he going to go to? Um, who exactly is this dude? Last administration, they offered uh, the merchant of debt for that dude, and last administration said no. Um, but the, also, last administration uh, like uh, let go a bunch of Taliban, right? Like we let go like eighteen, twenty different Taliban back to Afghanistan. So I, I don't know how all these uh, all these work, right? I don't know how prisoner exchange works. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy Brittany Griner's home. She needed to be home. She needed to be as especially as she's going into uh you know, they finally moved her to the uh the harsh prison, right? And so I'm just happy that yeah. she's home. That's how I'm gonna look at it. I don't really care about this merchant of death guy anymore. Like I don't it is what it is. I, I look at it more as like in the connects, but I, I think the other end of the Brittany Griner like, I guess politically is, I think it speaks a great deal 
to the power from the pressure of American society, right? Like people being like, yo, you got to go get her. I think is like speaks so much about American democracy, but also just like Americans in general of like applying the public pressure on on governments and government leaders that like you need to go do something about this and you need to go protect an American that is obviously unlawfully um, imprisoned and, and given these incredibly harsh um, consequences. Right? I think they were, what were they going to give her nine years? for marijuana possession. Right. Um, <clears throat> sounds like text, but I think that we're going to change those things like in, in our own country. But I think those, you know, there, there's still parts of our country where like they want to throw as many people in jail for something as simple as that. But I think, you know, again, I'm all for Brandon Griner being back. I am concerned about how this like plays out with regards to, because I, I feel like anything that we see with regards to prisoner exchanges like this, particularly that did not happen quickly, like hers essentially happened quickly, right? Like, I mean, it may not feel quickly for her, obviously, or anybody that's in that position, but on the political scale, it happened fast. We're talking about these guys that have been in prison. The fact that they gave them up after all this time, to me, feels like there's something way deeper there that obviously all of us do not know. And what are the consequences of that? And I think that those are the things that like kind of keep me a little bit paranoid when it comes to like any trade between the U.S. and Russia. Let me ask a question: um, How do you think how much of a of a political stunt from the Biden administration do you think this is? Like, do you like she checks a lot of the boxes, right? She's a female, of course, LGBTQ, LGBTQ African American, public public figure. Athlete. Like, how much? Of that, do you think the Biden administration, uh, you know, thought about? Yeah, I think for, you know, for voter, well, I think it's interesting. This is what I was saying. I think it's interesting that if they were going to do it and already had that in mind, that that they didn't do it before the midterm elections. Because if it was a true political stunt, it happens before the election, right? Because that's what you use it for. You use it to motivate people to go to the polls. And so they didn't do that. But I do think that it was interesting that, like, as soon as she got sent into that penal colony, they were like, nah, we got to get her out of there. Because I do think that they knew that's where she will die. Like, somebody's going to kill her there. You know what I mean? Or that's where they poison her. Or that's where something, like, really insane, serious happens. Because you don't know what's going on over there as much as you are in wherever they were being, wherever she was being held, that they could, like, transfer her back and forth immediately for, like, court dates. So I think that that's something that does, you're right, click, like, uh, check off all the boxes, I should say. And, um, but it is also important. Like, I think that, like, I, I don't know if it's a stunt as much as it's to say, like, we have to protect someone like this. And I thought that that was important and why like Brittany Griner symbolically is really important for, for this like moment in time of where we're at in our country. Yeah. I think that, uh, also something that I thought about, it was interesting is how we already know how much Russia like meddled with the, our elections and stuff. Right. And how much they, they worked on, uh, dividing us as a country and we're very successful as dividing as a, as a country. Um, in the past uh, presidential election, right? Yeah. Particularly um, all the ties that seem to be very clear with regards to the Trump administration. Right, right. How much 
do you think not including Whelan did Russia and and Putin like put in like if we if we give them Brittany Griner and not give them Whelan then that's going to divide that country even more like that's going to be a divisive another divisive thing that we do for that country and so that's why we're not going to give up Whelan and we'll give them Brittany Griner because we know and, and and again the left is all about it and the right is not you know and they're yeah. saying you shouldn't should get this marine out I think you brought this up before and I don't know if you brought it up in this show or this is in our own conversations but the idea of how Republican the armed forces are right and with messaging around politics to soldiers um and and I'm not, and I also say that that you're not the only uh, veteran that I've heard that from, right? With regards to like how um, messaging around uh, political views is pushed in in the military, but um, I do think that that it could have been used in that way, particularly to anger, you know, right wing white men, because this is a white man who's former military that is being right that is being held and possibly if he truly is a spy and people know that he's a spy then it's also kind of in service of the country right and it's like this person is far more important and has done more for our country than someone like Brittany Grass. So i think you're absolutely right on that like that could be a way to like pull a certain sense of divisiveness but then that means that that would have to push more people to the polls as well and I don't necessarily know that it doesn't seem like people care enough about Paul Whelan so far that it affects like political, um, political games and, and political polls. And we're right now in the midterm. So I don't think that people are going to be thinking of Paul Whelan when it comes to the next presidential election. Yeah, I think, uh, again, speaking as, as a veteran, um, the most veteran thing. That Paul and he may think this. I don't know. We haven't heard of him. His family has absolutely been like, "This is a great trade." You know, we're not bothered. We understand. Like his family has already came out. Like we understand why he wasn't part of this. Why he hasn't been brought home yet. Like they're not mad at this. They're very happy that that Brandon Griner is back. But I say, as a veteran, <laughs> say that again. Then he's a spy. Yeah. Exactly. If his family's like, "Nah, it's all good," <laughs> motherfuckers. But like, <laughs> right? like as Boy, as. As a veteran, um, like I, I try to put myself like if I was in that situation, and I would think that hey, you know, like this is just kind of, again I've said this before, like this is kind of expected, right? Like this is, you know, I'm, I'm military guy. Like if I get trapped overseas, like it's cool. Like this, this is on me, and I'll wait my turn. If there's if there is a civilian out there that you can get out before me, then get that civilian out before me. Right. That's just if it's easier for that, that, that's just that's the training that we go through. That's the that's the uh, mentality that, that you're given when you're in the military. Hey, if you get captured, you know, you're captured. Don't like if we can that's get you, you, we can get you. Yeah, if we can get you, we can get you. But, you know, this is a possibility. And so and and knowing like if I, if I were to ever to get captured with the civilian, that civilian are the priority that's just how we are so if he's a truly veteran and he may be we can't hear from him right we don't know what he's saying uh so the the thought 
of of to me the the right wing just using that just oh he was a marine and I've seen all all the the posting like this is the guy that you that we leaving behind and he's all you know in his military uniform and all this like they just use that crap they don't really care about us guys they don't really care about us yeah. they care about using the military they have yet to show that they actually care about the military on both sides honestly on both sides okay agree. All right, so I'm I'm actually going to shift this from we talking about like global politics and like what's what's happening within our country and and bring Brittany Griner back, but I'm going to bring us to the other world stage and what's happening right now is World Cup action, and what a difference a week makes for real, right? We last week these were the games that we were talking about last week. This is the lineup of games. It was uh, Netherlands Argentina, Croatia Brazil, England France. And Morocco, Portugal. And I think that it was clear to everyone that we were going to see Argentina, Brazil, and France, Portugal, right? And particularly looking at like really big name stars in the world of soccer. For Argentina, we're looking at Lionel Messi. In Brazil, we're looking at Neymar. France, we're looking at Mbappe. And then obviously in Portugal, we're looking at Cristiano Ronaldo. And I didn't know that this was even I forgot the timing of the games um, because some of us have jobs and are not just like able to be sports <laughs> freaks all day long, which I'm I'm not hating on. I'm completely jealous of but like and so when you send me text, I get excited and then I also get really mad. I just keep sending you. I keep sending you go, go, go. You have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, wait, wait, wait. And like, it's funny because there'll be moments where I'm like, like with a kid in crisis and I'm just like, I wonder if they'll notice if I turn on this Brazil game right now. But you sent me a text and you were like, Brazil's about to blow this thing. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, shit, because I really wanted to watch Croatia, who was kind of a Cinderella in the last World Cup and, and, right. and was kind of doing the same thing again. And Croatia ended up defeating the Brazilian team. Which was such a major upset. I think is like everybody's waiting to see what Brazil does in, in World Cups, just because of like their historical relevance in soccer and the World Cup. But Argentina beat the Netherlands, and then Croatia had this major, major upset against Brazil. Um, I think like many people, France defeated that. What people thought France defeated England, but the other major upset, and who then I started rooting for after that, and who also like made me a little bit money was Morocco <laughs> beat Portugal and it became the first time that uh an African team made the World Cup semifinals um which I thought was like kind of insane historically but also just like a major major moment and then was like oh I got a root for Morocco hey um, is it is it me maybe it's just me and my uneducated self but I didn't realize Morocco was a African nation team. Did you realize it? Did you know this before? Before that was said. Cut, cut. We're we're cutting this. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that I knew <laughs> that until I was probably in my like mid twenties, and that's like that was a geography like terrible thing. And that and I'm gonna chalk it up to Texas education, public school. Yeah, absolutely, but absolutely, absolutely. Aside from that, um, yeah, no, no, no. I I think when I saw it, I was like. 
I've never heard of the Morocco team making it into the World Cup. So, like, they're going to get beat really quick. And then they kept winning. And it was like, oh, like, just like we were talking about, like, we got a root for the Latin American teams, right? Once the, the U.S. got eliminated, um, the Morocco. The Moroccan team was the team that I was I was kind of rooting for along with Argentina. But you get to you get to watch that Croatia Brazil game. How how I guess shocked or surprised or just kind of like um, confused were you by that Croatia victory over Brazil? Yeah, it was nuts, man. Like they, uh, I think it went, it went zero zero into extra time, and then uh, Neymar scores. And you're like in in extra time, Neymar scores, and you're like, okay, this, like this is it, it's over. Okay, Brazil, yeah. you, you snuck one out, right? But then they score, Croatia comes back and score. It goes to penalty kicks. Uh, Croatia just kills them in penalty kicks, right? They just they they take them out. The dude, I felt so bad. The dude to keep it alive hit the goalpost on the left side. Oh man, it was just like, oh my god, this is like, I thought it was destiny, right, for uh, for Croatia <laughs> to go back, right, um, and then not only that, then we we talk about how dominant Brazil was before that game. Also, Portugal, we talked in this podcast of how dominant they were, and yeah. to go to a Moroccan team who who was already, yeah, think, let me let me, just, the Moroccan team played U.S. That was the last game they played before the World Cup. Okay, U.S. beat them three to one. It was both. It was both of their warmups. Yeah. Uh, before the World Cup, and the U.S. dominated and won three to one. So for Morocco to go from that to where, where they were and to beat yeah. a Portugal team um, is is crazy, and it's it, it's. I don't know. I, I'm I'm hooked, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm hooked. I was looking yesterday. Like, all right. I was like, who am I? I'm, I want to keep the soccer thing going. Like, who am I gonna root for? I don't know. I was trying to look at teams and try to figure out the the Champion League and the Tier One. And then I was trying to figure out. I still haven't figured out a team, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm telling you, we, we're gonna we we'll have to sneak you out of Idaho to like Paris, and we're gonna go see that PS. <laughs> <laughs> or messy and if he does leave then we just end up going to Miami yeah yeah but uh I'm yeah there. I mean so now we're, here we are Portugal again like I said takes the big L um now now questioning of what's that the bench Aldo. yeah that's it. now you gotta question the benching of Ronaldo right the Portugal team uh the their their manager got fired right away and so uh <laughs> I think he got fired yesterday, or he stepped down. Whatever, uh, and uh, like there, there's definitely some friction there with Ronaldo. It was this Ronaldo's last chance. Not, not, for, not to forget, Ronaldo is older than Messi, right? And so, yeah. this was probably uh, his last chance to win a World Cup. But here we are now. It is the finals this this uh, this upcoming Sunday. Um, you've got. Powerhouse Argentina versus Powerhouse France. You've got the uh, greatest of all time, Messi, versus the greatest player right now in Mbappe. Um, and the it, defending World Cup. And the defending World Cup. Yeah, Yo, you know what I found out today as I'm, you know, dipping into this soccer stuff? Mm -hmm. 
World Cup's been going on since the 1930s, right? There are only eight countries that have won a World Cup. Only eight. So it is like, it's all top heavy. It is all top heavy. You've got France, you've got Argentina, both of those have won already. Uh, England won one, which is, to me, that's kind of. Yeah, Germany, you got Uruguay, you've got Brazil. Uruguay won a World Cup? Yeah, they won like the first ones, like. In the thirties and forties, um, and uh, just think that to think that England is has only won one when they made this sport, it's kind of uh, upset to me, right? Like they've only won one. This is your sport, bro. It's like it's like it's it's, I was I was telling my really good friend of uh, who's like I, I was telling you that he's a major major soccer fan, keeps up with all the leagues, like knows all the player stuff, the drama. And I was telling him about you and like how we had talked about like in April getting ready for the World Cup. And then obviously, as like Americans do with the three major sports, we did not pay attention to soccer. <laughs> and I mean, I was like, yo, but my cousin got really into it, man. I was like, this dude, don't shut the fuck up no more about soccer. He was like, laughing. <laughs> but, uh, but he was like, that's dope, man. And we, were, we were talking about just like how how sports and if you catch it at the right time or just like the highest level of competition will immediately flip your interest and make you aware of what's going on and kind of like just kind of motivate you to pay attention to what's happening all across, right? Like I I got to get more into it. I think it, and just like in many leagues, it's like you follow the personalities and you, you just mentioned like Mbappe and I feel like watching him in the last World Cup and now where he's at now and, and the fact that he's considered like the best player in the world is is such a like motivating force to like go back like you mentioned and go watch yeah i didn't realize i didn't realize mbappe was so young either like he's 24 and and this is this could be his second world cup when you got messi here who is still looking for his first world cup yeah um honestly like i i'm i'm rooting for for messi i'm rooting for argentina you know the latin latin side of me uh you know you got to figure out it but france also to be back here again, to be back here with this team, this team is hurt. They're like, this isn't the best version of this France team. The best player, I think, from last year, um, in the Euro League, whatever, is uh, is not even playing. He may play in this in the in the World Cup final, but they have another player uh, besides. But I can't tell you his name, but I know that. Uh, other people have been talking about it. like they have another player who is just right up there with Mbappe, uh, who may who's been injured this whole time. Uh, they've got at least like four or five injuries. This is not the best. Like if this was the best fully healthy France team, like it would be a no doubter, right? So their dominance. They they were yeah. just not only did they win it last, but I think they were in it in the final like a couple of World Cups ago, also right. So yeah, it, it should be good. I'll be getting up bud crack early. I think it starts about seven o'clock here. We'll make sure I set my yeah. alarm. I gotta watch it. I gotta thank God uh, it's not interfering with any NFL uh, football on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there's no London games. Yeah, there's no London games. I, I would definitely watch World Cup over any London game. See, so that's how <laughs> that's how big London. we've come. That's how far we've come. Okay, I will watch a World <laughs> Cup final. Over any other football game besides the Titans. There you go. 
I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited about, you know, particularly, like you mentioned, these, like, powerhouse countries that are, you know, tied to, like, World Cup history, but especially the youth of Mbappe and, and the kind of the veteran legend that is uh, Lionel Messi. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I actually am really grateful for every time the World Cup comes around because I get that way. Also, again, this will happen. I'm saying it now. In that, what is it, the 2026 games, or 2026 World Cup, I shouldn't say games, this is the Olympics. The 2026 World Cup, we're going to go to one yes, of sir. matches. Because yes, sir. The U.S. Um, I almost so want, I almost want to just, I want to go to the Mexico game. Like whatever, yeah. Over over a U.S. game, I think I would go to Mexico game just to feel that like Mexican fans are crazy, and the Me- and yeah. for it to be in in North America. Now I'm not going to Mexico to go watch it. No, no. I'm staying out of there. Yeah, but we're not that big of fans. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not going to Mexico <laughs> to watch the Mexico game. If they play in the United States, though, I'm all for going to that game. <laughs> But uh, and, and experiencing that level of fandom, that it'll be crazy. Uh, but moving on, let's go. We got to talk NFL. Um, it is that time. We're getting closer. We're four games away. We're only Saturday game. Yeah, we got Saturday games coming up this week all day. Like there's three games, and they. I mean, it's. I'm not leaving the weekend. Oh, yeah. Apparently, you know. Apparently, I've got no plans this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> You get to you get to uh, blame it on the snow. Yes, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. But uh, yeah, NFL week. What did we? Fifteen. Yeah, NFL week fifteen. Fifteen. Oh my god. Um, so big like games. Yeah, we got four weeks. Yeah, uh, doesn't look good for our Titans. Uh, we already talked about that, so we won't re re go into that. Was there any games? Uh, from NFL week or any teams for NFL week thirteen or four, I mean fourteen that that stood out to you that uh, you know there's a lot of teams that didn't look good and, and look good at the same time. I thought so for different reasons and different levels of stuff. I, I I'll do I'll do like two or three and you can tell me if the which games really stood out to you. I think I, I think the two that really stood out to me. Not because of their importance to like the season or like teams or anything, but just kind of like drama and storylines. Was the Vegas Raiders were on a three game win streak? They seemed like they were getting it together. It seemed like Devontae Adams and Derek Carr were like in a groove. And who comes in and stops them and defeats them in the final minutes of the game? Motherfucking Baker Mayfield. How did Baker Mayfield? Pulled out that win. I have no idea. I went to bed being like this boring ass game and like there's no way. And I, I, I've watched the whole damn thing until like the very end. And then I wake up the next morning and find out that they won. And then I'm watching a video clip of Baker Mayfield with no helmet on, headbutt a guy with a helmet on. Um, so I was like, yes, this is Baker Mayfield at his most Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, I would say that game. Um... I didn't, I didn't watch that game, but as soon as I got alert, like it was a close game and you need to watch this game, that I turned it in and I saw that drive. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I again, I said on this it's show. Yes. Right? Yeah. I'll say it again. Like, I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield. Never been a fan of Baker yeah. Mayfield. Um, But 
for him to go in there, only been in the in that clubhouse for two days. Yeah. Right. He was only on that team for two days to come out and just sling it and just I mean, he how much two minute work has he gotten? Like hardly ever like he was in there for two days. First day was probably all like introductory, right? Like there's nothing. The second day he was traveling. Like I, it's it's just crazy to me that he was able to do that. Um, it, it made me respect Sean McVay's play calling so much more because I remember like in the very beginning of the game watching, I was like, let's see how much Baker Mayfield bombs this game, and he called some plays where guys were like wide open and made it really easy for Baker Mayfield to put a drive together. And I was like, oh, this is this guy came ready with a plan, knowing who Baker Mayfield is, and at the same time knowing his personnel and making like the right calls on the field. Um, yeah, so that, I was, that was impressive. I'll say this about Baker Mayfield, though: um, <clears throat> is there's some something to be said about him and his career, um, even going back to uh, college, of when there's expectations, when there's expectations and non-expectations, right? When there's expectations for Baker Mayfield yeah. to do something, he craps the bed. When nobody thinks he's gonna do anything, and he he can just be whatever. Like that, and that's when he shows up and shows out. Um, but I mean, shout out to him. That, that again, that, that made me like him a little more. I don't know how much I do mm-hmm. like him, but again, I gained yeah, no, a little bit more that. respect for him for that. Uh, one game I want to talk about that happened last week, and we thought it was like I don't know what Vegas was on last week, right? But we were we were talking mess about Vegas and and making the Vikings the underdog against the Detroit Lions, right? But the Detroit Lions came out and just put a thumping, a thumping on the Minnesota Vikings. Goddamn Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm here getting much. addicted to this DraftKings shit, and I'm like, I got this lock. I told you that I had a 10-game parlay. I can't get, I can't put together three picks on our show, <laughs> and I got nine picks except for that one. Wrong. A bad Why beat. I put together a tank parlay is beyond me either. Like I must have like I'm not even gonna say what I was doing, but I was on something when I was like thinking that I'm gonna string together ten games. But damn Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings after I hiked them up for being ten and two and below the radar. Fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh the Detroit Lions, man, that offense, man, is I want to say a top three, maybe top five offense in the league. They got a really good and possibly best platoon backfield in the in the. I was going to say in the country, like we're talking <laughs> college football, but in the in the game um, with Jamal Williams and Swift, right? And then they got a third back. Um, I forgot what his name is, but it's. I forget his first name, but it's Jackson, who was a former running back backup in uh, in the Chargers, um, who's pretty quick and can catch the ball out of the backfield. But they got, you know, they got some guys. Yeah, and, and they, they get. Got some- yeah, they got receivers. They got Amron St. Brown. They got. Uh, they just got Jamison Williams back, who, to me, going into the the draft, this past draft, he was the number one wide receiver, but he got hurt in the in the national championship game, towards ACL. Right. Um, the, his first game back, uh, he didn't really do anything. But this was his second game, uh, second game playing. He scored two two big, huge touchdowns. That dude, he's he's 
he's going to be great for them. And, I mean, I'm trying to see now. I mean, I know L.A. won the Super Bowl, so ultimately they won this trade. But Jared Goff, he's looking He's looking good. He's... He's yeah. there. He is their quarterback of the future. Like I, I thought, it was just they were just gonna be there until this, until this year, because there's so many good quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year. Like I just thought he was a placeholder until this year, but I think, like I think he's done some convincing that he can be their quarterback of the future. I think maybe in the long term, as far as wins right, wins wise, as we see what the Rams are like now, that maybe they 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 did they knew where it was coming and. uh they may have won that trade. Yeah, I think it might have been just an issue of timing in that, right? Like, they just couldn't wait for him to get there. And they knew they had to put it together with the roster that they had, which I, I don't blame them for that Stafford trade. It's still genius. If you get even one ring out of a trade like that, it's worth it. Um, and and speaking of rings, the game that the, the other game that I thought stood out to me was just that, like, beat down that the 49ers gave to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Tom Brady, you're always like, well, they got a chance to get Tom Brady. They whooped that ass. Like that was a like that was it was it was bad. It was really, really bad. And and you called it. I didn't think it was gonna be that terrible, but you called the fact that the the, the books are not a very good team. And it showed in that game. They they look really exposed with that 49er team going after them like that. Um so I, you know. I now worry about, you know, how Tampa Bay is going to be able to, like, bounce back from something like that. Yeah, the only thing that Tampa Bay's got going for them is their division. And I don't believe in the New Orleans Saints. I definitely don't believe in the Panthers. The Falcons, I mean, they're the Falcons. So, um, that's just the worst division in football. And and that's coming from AFC South, you know, team right now. (laughs) All right. But yeah, the 49ers are good, man. That defense is elite. That defense, without a doubt, yeah. is the number one defense in the league. It is a championship type of defense. Uh, the 49ers coming in with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy looked good, man. He was slinging that thing around. He quickly went from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. Relevant in the NFL. Like, he is that dude. Uh, to see his uh, his parents out there uh, crying in the stands as he throws his first touchdown. Uh, yeah, yeah. They had already. It's funny. They had already bought tickets to that game. They they didn't. That was their first game seeing them. Uh, but they didn't buy. Oh, wow. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have those tickets. They they had those tickets because of Tom Brady was coming to town, right? That's why they bought those tickets. Yeah. They're uh, <laughs> not knowing that their son was actually going to play yeah, at all. Yeah. Right? They just like, oh, Tom Brady's coming. We're going to have these tickets. Let's go. Let's go to this game. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean Brock Purdy. I remember him from Iowa State. He definitely um, can sling it. He's he 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 beat the crap out of my Texas Longhorns a bunch of times while he was at Iowa State. He's a good. He's he's good. He's good. He looks good. Um, Shanahan, man, he is Shanahan. Like is Shanahan, the coach of the year. I don't feel like he's getting enough credit, but for him to be on on QB number three right now. Yeah. Yep. Great point. Like he should yeah, be. I, I didn't even. I haven't been thinking of coach of the year. But you're right. Like, not only that, but just dealing with the drama with Garoppolo this season, right? And being able to like keep the team steady. Also, I know that this is not him. This is a GM move, but the fact that they went and got McCaffrey, 
right? Mid-season, like shocking. I don't think anybody saw McCaffrey going to the 49ers. I certainly didn't. You're the one that broke the news to me on that. Again, because you get to watch all the amazing stuff during the day. <laughs> I tried to but, be I tried um, to be your Adam Schefter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know you're probably watching uh, UT Volleyball, but just as you mentioned his name and started talking to Brock Purdy, he did a, a fake um, wide receiver screen, then like turned his body, did a fake uh, dump off to McCaffrey, and then threw it right down the middle, like a ten yard pass to Kittle, who then scored just as you were talking about him. So he's you know, pretty. As we're recording. He's pretty, pretty scored. good. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you know they, I think they were concerned. Obviously, they lost Garoppolo, and I think as a young quarterback, right? Ooh, it's so crazy. Right now, I'm watching them, and they're going like there's a coach sitting next to them. They're looking over plays on the tablet, and who's in the shot of the camera in sweats? Trey Lance. Yeah, he's got to be and worried. It's nuts to think that this guy is is where he's at in this moment of the season. This is also the great thing about NFL football, and just as you talked about elite coordinator defense, they just sacked Geno Smith in the ugliest fashion and made him fumble. Seattle recovered, but. <laughs> 49ers are they're you know they're there yeah I think uh gonna be possible Super Bowl Super Bowl team yeah I think um last week we were talking about uh you know Eagles and and uh and the Cowboys are being you know one two in the east Cowboys struggled against the one win Houston Texans they did not look good They they have a game against Jacksonville, um, who I think they're already overlooking because there's already trash talk going on. Because next week uh, they play the Eagles, and there's already yeah. trap like they seem to. This is a trap game to me um, yeah. coming up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, 49ers to me leapfrogged over over the Cowboys last week as far as. Uh, yep. As far as contenders, I mean the Eagles they did their thing like they're. To me, there's no doubt. Like the Eagles are the best team in football, yeah. without a doubt. It's not close. Um, now, but, going into going into this week, right? We got we got some picks as we usually do. Last week, uh, I went two and one, and you went one and two, which brings our final count um, of games that we've we've called. You're at thirteen and ten, and I'm at twelve and ten which doesn't say much about either one of us. But I will say for these picks of the weeks, um, I try to give you some that are kind of a little bit on the tougher side, but simply because teams are just not that good, right? It's like, again, the the muddiness of the, of the schedule for this week. But your first game, the New York Giants, who have not just come down to earth, but have come crashing down to earth. Um, Going up against the what I feel is like an upswing right since right after that loss to the Tennessee Titans and then Heineke coming back with the the Washington Commanders. Who do you got in there in that game? Yeah, I mean, I think this is easy. Like you said, uh, the New York Giants—they're kind of they they started out hot, um, but they were still we were still questioning. Like this is the worst four and one team ever in in football. Was, was the question being asked? And yeah, yeah. apparently, yeah, it was. <laughs> It's been answered. That question has been answered. Yes, they've come back down to life. Daniel Jones is who 
we thought he was. Yeah. Saquon can only do so much. Uh, he's still out there balling, like, but he's the only one. Right. And so Washington, like you said, uh, is coming up. Tyler Heineke, he's he's a machine, bro. Like he all he does is win, apparently. Yeah. And he's just he's like got the heart of that team. If that defense can be healthy, they're coming off a bye now, so maybe they can be like that defense. Forget how badass that defensive line is, right? Yeah. Um, they've just been hurt this year, and so uh, I think that defensive line comes back fully healthy this week. And I I I this is not going to end in his tie as it did like two weeks ago. This is not going to end in his tie. This is going to be in Washington. And the uh, and Washington takes it. The game I got for you, Primo, is a kind of revenge game. Okay, a kind of revenge game. Um, yep. When when this team last played, okay, when this team last played, it was in Miami. Um, it was 120 degrees. Right, <laughs> Miami's element. Miami's uh. Uh, now I just went like you realize like Miami the way they structured their uh, their stadium is absolutely smart, right? They structured their stadium to where the sun is hitting the opponent's um, sideline, so it is always like twenty degrees hotter. Brilliant! On, it's brilliant, right? Like I shout out to them. But now they seem to be complaining. True home field advantage. Yeah, true home field advantage. But now you got to go to Buffalo in the winter. There's already so much snow on the ground there. Like, now you're in Buffalo's element. Uh, So, Prima, who do you got? Miami had had a disappointing game last week. Buffalo had, you know, came out strong against the Jets. Who do you got winning? Miami versus Buffalo. You know, I think that... It's got to hurt the Dolphins that they lost that game last week. And the Bills, I think, are now getting into like playoff mode. Like, they know we got to start putting it together. We got to start making sure that we are ready to, like, attack teams. I, I am worried about the Buffalo run game, particularly as the, the weather gets colder. You cannot have Josh Allen being your leading rusher. Um, but if we're talking about Tua and that they are like a high flying offense, snow does not help that. And I don't think that you're going to see a, a Waddle or Tyree kill um, be themselves in that type of like setting. So I'm going with the bills just on like talent and kind of, again, like you mentioned, like the home field advantage plays a major part, particularly when you take a team out of their element that is used to like the sun. And now you're putting them in very cold, brisk weather. So I'm going with the bills in this game uh, for your game to two teams that are in a, a division matchup. And, and as important as the, the season's coming to an end, the Ravens at the Browns, who do you have in that one? Uh, there's not too much to say about this game here, Primo. I can tell you right now um, because uh, the Cleveland Browns and the quarterback that shall not be named, um, he looks like trash, and he's looked like trash, and he looks like he ain't played football in about two years. The, the thought that uh, he was going to come in and just save this team, I think uh, obviously like you're just looking at what it looks like when you haven't played football in two years and you've had 
your mind on all these other stuff, having to be in court. Like, he looks like trash, and I don't see the Jacoby Brissett was a top 10 quarterback when he when he left, when they benched him. He was a top, he was in yeah. QBR. He, I mean, he wasn't bad. He wasn't the reason why they were losing, right? It was that defense. That, yeah. And so, but now, That's yeah. and now this dude is back. Uh, they deserve everything that they get. Baltimore, I know Huntley's hurt. I know uh, Jack is hurt, so it's going to be rough. But I'm not ever going to pick Cleveland, so I am definitely going with Baltimore. All right, Primo, I'm going to go back to you. I'm giving you um, a game I think is sneaky. could be uh, the best game of the week. The Detroit Lions, the high-flying offense that we talked about earlier, against probably the second-best defense in the league in the New York Jets. Um, Who you got? Yeah, I think, you know, they're playing this game in New York. I think that, you know, um, the Lions are, you know, they're they're coming off of like a a big win. Um, We mentioned that that game last week, they beat the the Minnesota Vikings who were 10 and 2 going into that game. Um, And it seems like the Lions are starting to figure out a lot more on offense. But for some reason, I feel like that Jets defense finds a way to keep them in the game. And I don't think that the Lions, although you mentioned that their offense is so good, I don't think they're experienced or polished enough to get through like a really tough defense. And I think in football, particularly in the cold and late in the season, defense wins those games. And so I'm actually going to go with the Jets in this one. Now, Mike, do think that now Mike White is stop. playing. That poor dude, man. I was feeling sorry. So. If he's not playing, then I'm going to go with the Lions. But no, no. there's none of that. There's none of that, Burma. It, we're, we're not changing this later, okay? This is not how this works, okay? No, 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 no. I'm going to say I was feeling bad for that dude. Why, why, why did... 11 hours ago. As far as on ESPN, the Jets QB Mike White says he has no doubt that he'll play against. Okay, okay. I mean that oh. dude. That dude got folded up a whole bunch of times. He wound up going to the hospital after that game. Like, why was he kept coming out? I don't understand. Also, I don't understand why Zach Wilson not dressing out at all. Oh, I think it's over. Was officially like, I but I- he can't be the second stringer right now. Like, he can't be over uh, Joe Flacco. Like, it's. Joe Flacco went out there and looked like dude, dude. Joe Flacco went out there and looked like he did not want to play. He's like, oh, y'all want me to play? What is going on? I don't know how to do that anymore. You know, they have another guy that's on their, like, practice squad that was on their, um, that's like, I guess, that's their fourth string um, QB that, like, they cut um, Chris Strebler, who's got an arm on him. And why I don't know that they have him as the backup, my guess would be that, like, in any of those situations, like, the guy probably doesn't know enough of the book, right? Or he doesn't know how to audible, or he just doesn't know enough about the play-calling situation. But I saw him in the preseason sling the ball, and I would much rather have that guy out there than I would wanting a Zach Wilson or a Joe Flacco, just based off of what I saw. But I think the Zach Wilson project is over like i think that they're done and it seems more so because it seems like he's lost the locker room 
one of the things that they were talking about last week was the they were like, yo, the Jets team and the locker room is sending a message to Zach Wilson with this. But they were all rocking Mike White T-shirts going into the game, right? Yeah. And that's like, that's some, like <laughs> yo, like you don't do that unless you're really rolling with a guy, right? Like that's not just to like hype up your QB. Like you, you're down for that dude. Like you believe in him as a leader. And the conversation I was having with another Jets fan was just that like, that shit's crazy that you're the number one pick for them and guys like don't even want to take the chance to win with you. Like they'd rather lose with somebody else than to take a chance of winning with you. And you got to be like a different level type of like, you got to lack so much leadership to be, put yourself in a position like that. And so I think it's over for Zach Wilson, at least as long as Robert Sala is the head coach. Um, Third game for you. I think that if we were talking about this in the preseason, we would have been like, well, this might be a really big game, right? Or or possibly, like, before trade started happening, we would have been like, ooh, this is going to be a really good game of the week. Rams at Packers. Rams at Packers. We've got Green Bay coming off of a bye. Um, Aaron is – I don't know. It's this tough. And we just talked about Baker Mayfield. Now he's got a little bit more of the playbook. Right, he's got some more practice times with the guy, and so there's going to be a little bit more expectation for him. And like I said yeah, earlier, he exactly. crumbles under expectation. So that is the only reason that I am going for, and we'll be picking the Green Bay Packers. I think coming off of by that run game, hopefully they use that more. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones. Yeah, he's the key. He is. He is, and uh, yeah, so. I just don't I don't believe in the Rams. I really don't. And so uh I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Primo, your last one. Your last one and uh I know you, you're kinda wondering why I'm giving you this one. You think it's a gimme, yeah, but I don't I Yeah, I don't think I it's that much of a gimme. I'm I giving you Dallas versus Jacksonville. Who you got? I didn't I didn't even see it. And now like as we were getting I was like, wait a minute. I can't believe you're gonna make me pick the Dallas Cowboys in a game. Yo, this is fucked up. You're fucked up. And I'll tell you this: if they don't win, I'm gonna lose my shit. If they lose to the Jaguars, I'm gonna go out of my fucking mind. But I'm gonna pick the Dallas Cowboys. I, hey, I, mean, I, I talked about this being it. a trap game. I try. I try I to convince you out of there. The Jaguars, though, against a team with a winning record. But you know, I I am going to. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to refuse to believe that the Cowboys can be terrible against both the Texans and the Jaguars in back-to-back weeks and not have learned their lesson. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. That might It might be a really close game, but if we're going on just like what we believe and, and I'm trying to use my brain, although I, you know, I don't know how anybody's brain chooses the Cowboys, I'm going to choose the Cowboys this week. So... I, my picks for the week are the Bills over the Dolphins, Jets over the Lions, and the Cowboys over the Jaguars. All right, pretty much sounds good. All right, it's time for our next segment, our last segment. Of the, we haven't done this one in a while, but I'm about to hit that theme music. <laughs> yes, it is that time. It is that time for the Grito of the Week. And I know you don't know anything about UFC, Primo. So I know I'll take it from here. But not a sport. It is it's very much a sport. Uh, 
Raul Rosas Jr. Originally from Mexico, he now is out of uh, Clovis, New Mexico. Clovis, I know Clovis when I lived in uh, when I was stationed in Albuquerque. It's like the, your first, you know, when you go on, on road trips all the time. So whenever I went yeah. from uh, Albuquerque to San Antonio, Clovis was my first stop, and there's nothing there. Like there's <laughs> just a ga- big old huge gas station there, and so. Uh, he's out of there. He's out of Clovis. Um, 18 years old. Primo got his first USC contract while he was 17 years old. Okay. Got his first match this past weekend. Beat this dude on his first match. Beat this dude in a first round submission. Okay. Raul Rosas Jr. from Mexico. Now currently out of Clovis, New Mexico, is representing the Latino community very well in UFC. Shout out to him. He he came out after the match. It was funny. He said, uh, he said, hey, he, he wanted the bonus money. You know, every every card there's a bonus for best submission, best knockout, best fight. He was like, uh, hey Dana, let me get that bonus money. I need to buy my mom a minivan so she can uh, drive me back and forth to practice and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Like during during the fight, they kept showing uh, his family, and his family was in his. You know, it looked it looked like it looked like uh, Grandpa's home when when we were growing up. Just little everybody around the TV, they're all rocking yeah, the Mexican yeah. flag. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's my people. That's my people. You know, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, again, shout out Grito to Raul Rosas Jr. For representing the uh, Latino community, uh, representing our Mexican people, shout out to you. Well, that wraps up this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Y'all make sure to like, comment, or review today's episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Puro Pinche Primos. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Or Google Puro Pinche Primos for our website on Captivate FM. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. Peace. Peace.